Good evening, Family Church Haven. Welcome to Sunday Night Local. I hope that you're well and had a brilliant day and uh, enjoyed whatever you've been up to today. And if you're watching live and it's Sunday, massive happy Mother's Day uh, to those of you mums who are watching. Uh, but we're also conscious that um, this is at times a difficult day for different people. So like we said in our uh, weekly email, we've been praying and uh, thinking of those that for you, it's a bit of a difficult day for whatever um, reason. But happy Mother's Day. We celebrate you mums and uh, all that you do um, for those in our church family. So um, just waiting for some people to jump on board tonight as we do. Uh, let me just communicate a few things that are coming up. Obviously, you know that we are relaunching on the 18th of April, our first stage of regathering. And uh, on that day, we're going to be regathering the school aged children um, as part of our kids church program. And then we're going to be enlarging our regathering. And so uh, if you haven't yet registered your kids, they know how many people are going to be accessing that and have the teams available for you. Um, but also if you're able to serve in one way or another, whether that's kids church or hosting team, setup team, AV, whatever it might be, then get in touch with us, haven't at family. Um, also between now and then, uh, there's a couple of events that are coming up and specifically I want to highlight on Thursday, we've got our worship evening at the Empower Centre Haven and there's 10 or so spaces left for that in the building. So make sure if you want to be a part of that, that you register for that, preferably, um, but definitely by the end of Wednesday to be a part of that. Well, if you've got your Bible with you, turn it to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a lot that I want to communicate uh, this evening, so I'm going to push on ahead and dig into this. And last week, you'll know that we began a brand new series of teaching all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're entitling it The Believer's Toolbox. And as I said, just really highlighting over the next six weeks the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And last week we began by talking about what we meant by the toolbox, which we said was the grace of God, if you remember. And we spent some time looking at this truth that we are not only saved by grace, but then every other thing that we receive from the hand of God comes as a result of his amazing grace in our lives. And so it is with these spiritual gifts. Remember last week we spent a lot of time labouring and you may have thought, why does he keep repeating the same thing? Labouring the point that these are spiritual gifts. They're not rewards, they're not achievements, they're not spiritual qualifications that you earn. They are spiritual gifts given through the grace of God. So important for us to remember. Remember we looked at uh, the church in Corinth and how they were spiritually immature Christians and yet they were people who were operating in these gifts. Not that we want to be spiritually mature, but we were making the point that it isn't about our achievement or reward-based system. It's about us receiving what God has for us. Remember, the word for grace is the word charis, and the word for spiritual gifts is the word charisma, or in the plural sense, charismata. Really, they are literally grace gifts given through. The aim of last week was really simply this, to get you to a point where you believed for yourself Everything that we're speaking of in this series applies to you, not just to people who you view as more spiritual than you, not those who you think know more of a Bible than you. Those who have been saved and are filled with the Holy Spirit have these gifts available to them, as we're going to continue to see tonight. Now, today, I want to move on from talking about the toolbox to talking about the tools themselves and begin to look at what we mean by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to do is give an overview on these gifts and then over the following three weeks, we're going to look at uh, the three different groups that they're often grouped into. So that would be revelation gifts, 
um, utterance gifts or the gifts of inspiration and the power gifts. And if that means nothing to you, don't we journey through um, those weeks. So whether you've uh, known of the spiritual gifts and been operating in the spiritual gifts, we pray that this teaching is going to continue to assist you in that. But if you've never heard of the spiritual gifts, we pray that this would be a series where you begin to understand something, but not just know something, have experience of it yourself as well. So um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just turn your Bible there. Now, just as you are uh, let me just make this point that there are other spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament in Romans chapter 12, um, verses 6 to 8. There's also in Ephesians 4 um, a list of what we would term offices of the church. And so those would be roles or people within the church, but they're not so much spiritual gifts per se. But uh, when people speak of spiritual gifts, they would look at these different passages as well. But for the sake of this series, we're highlighting about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read from verse 8. And it says this, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of those tongues. Now, that's an overview of the nine spiritual gifts that the Bible speaks of in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And these gifts are what we would term the manifestation of the Spirit. In verse 7, uh, just before 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now again, let me explain that. And this is where we need to be careful that we don't walk in any confusion concerning this. Because... Remember last week we talked about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and we said that the Holy Spirit would come upon a person for a moment, for a specific activity, uh, for them to have the power to do something, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't necessarily remain with them. But today as New Covenant believers, and New Covenant simply means that we're the other side of the cross of Jesus, today we have not only the Holy Spirit um, living with us, but also in us. And not just for a moment or for a specific activity, but continually. Amen. That's what John chapter 14 um, speaks of. And so the Holy Spirit is always present in Christians and among Christians. But there are times when he makes himself more apparent, where he manifests himself, where he displays himself. That word manifest is a word phanerosis, which means an exhibition or an expression. So through these gifts that we're going to speak of, these nine spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit sometimes expresses himself and it's like he, he's manifesting the fact that he's there. Yet what we need to understand so we don't walk in any confusion is there in that moment than he was seconds before. We need to know that the Holy Spirit is continually with us. Otherwise we'll live in this, this theory that oh, the Holy Spirit's arrived now. Now, the Holy Spirit is continually in you every single moment of every single day. Moments where he chooses to manifest and express himself through these gifts. I heard this illustration just recently by uh, Pastor Robert Morris, who uh, wrote The Blessed Life that many of you may have read at one time or another. And he was talking about this illustration to display uh, the manifestation of God's Spirit. And he said, think of it this way. There's a difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. He said, imagine that in a service that you're in, a church service, there's a billionaire that sat in one of the seats. He is there. His presence 
is there. But imagine if one moment in the service he suddenly gets up and he starts writing out million pound checks and giving them out to everybody. He would be doing something in that moment that only he could really do and he would be manifest in his presence. He would be showing himself to be there. Yet just a moment before he was writing out those checks, he was still there. I love that illustration because it makes it so clear. Listen, the Holy Spirit is always in you and with you. When you operate in these gifts, it's not that he comes from heaven and suddenly appears and, and does something through you. He's in you and is waiting to be used through your life. Now, as we started to look at last week, these are grace-given gifts and they are spiritual gifts. Last week, we focused in on the thought that they are gifts, that they are received, but that they are spiritual gifts. They're not carnal. They're not man-made. They're not achieved. It's not based on intelligence. Thank you, Jesus. It's not based on personality. It's the Holy Spirit working through you and giving you an extraordinary ability in that moment for the benefit of others, not for your pride or for your glory. It's for God's glory and not for yours. Now, one of the biblical evidences of these gifts in operation, I want to look at um, an incident for each gift so that you begin to understand what the gifts do. Um, but then, as I said, over the next three weeks, we're going to go into a lot more detail on them. Then I'm going to answer a question that needs to be answered, which is this. Are the gifts of the Spirit still in operation today? And we're going to clear that up and then we're going to finish by talking about how we receive these gifts that God has for us. So that's where we're headed tonight. And then over the next three weeks, we're going to really dig into these gifts. So let's look at some of these gifts and how they're used in the early church and uh, through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. There's a lot of scriptures that we're going to look through um, tonight, um, but it's important that we have an understanding of what each gift is all about. So firstly, the word of wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom in Acts chapter 27, verses 10, and operating in this gift of the word of wisdom. He's a prisoner on a boat. The boat is heading to Rome, and a storm suddenly picks up in the sea and he goes in verse 10 and he says to the ship's officers men i believe there is trouble ahead if we go on shipwreck loss of cargo and danger to our lives as well so he gives them uh, a word of wisdom he says if you continue down this path this is what's going to take place and sure enough there begins uh, to but verse 22 he says this take courage none of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down now, it would be easy for Paul to say that when it was sunny, blue skies, the, the, the you know, sea was just crystal clear and calm. He's saying this in the midst of a storm. He says, don't worry, the boat is going to die. And sure enough, all of them made it safely to land. It was a word of wisdom talking about the future. And we're going to talk more on that next week. The word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is another gift that is given through the Holy Spirit. Let's look at that in Acts chapter 10. We read of Peter, he's praying in a place called Joppa and he has a vision and he's trying to work out what this vision means. And then it says this in verse 19 to 21. It says, meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over this vision that he received in prayer, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them to you. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. What had come to that place was that, and you read this earlier in the chapter, there was a man named Cornelius. 
And he was praying in a place called Caesarea. This was a few miles away from Joppa. And he supernaturally was told, I want you to go and find Peter. He's staying at a place of Simon the Tanners. This was so specific about this is where he's staying. Go get him. And as they're on their way, Peter gets this word of knowledge. There's three men coming for you and you're to go with. And he preaches the gospel to this Gentile family, Cornelius and his family. And they are the first Gentile converts to the gospel message. And the rest, as they say, is history as you and I today as Gentiles have received the good news, the message of the gospel. That came about as a word of knowledge. Listen, these spiritual gifts will always, sorry, not always, but often open the doorway to the gospel being able to be preached. It's a tool that God wants us to use as well in evangelism. Word of knowledge, we're going to look at that in more detail next week. The discerning of spirits. In Acts chapter 5, we see Peter functioning in this gift of discernment as Ananias and Sapphira come and they try and deceive the apostles. And Peter knew the secrets of their heart, not through natural wisdom or through um, just guessing there was a discernment the holy spirit allowed him to discern the motives of the heart now let's read this and this is quite severe in this moment for this one acts chapter 5 verses 3 to 5 it says that peter said ananias why have you let satan fill your heart you lied to the holy spirit and you kept the money for yourself the property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying. He heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about this was terrified. Now you'll be glad to know that's quite a severe case. It's not the case that every time you use a gift of discernment, somebody drops dead, you'll be glad to know. Um, but there was a specific reason, and we're going to look at that specific moment in more detail next week about understanding why and understanding the discernment of uh, perceiving the motives of people's hearts. Let's continue. Uh, gifts of healing. I hope this is helpful to see these in operation. The gifts of healing in Acts chapter 3 verses 4 to 8. We see the functioning of the gifts of healing um, through the life of Peter. They're on their way, Peter and John, to a prayer meeting at the temple and they see a man who's lame sitting by the, the what is known as the gate beautiful. And this is what it says in these verses 4 to 8 of Acts chapter 3. It says, As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gates, the one called the beautiful gates, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at him eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Like Pastor Andy talked about this morning, laying their hands on the sick and seeing them recover. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them the gifts of healing in operation the gift of faith this is another spiritual gift that the holy spirit gives us in acts chapter 16 paul and silas have been thrown into prison and they've been whipped and flogged and so it's just be a horrific moment a horrific scene with um just just 
being whipped all over their back, blood pouring down their back, and they're in, in stocks and chains, and um, they're in this cramped prison cell. Many of us would have responded maybe with depression or fear or just weariness, but the Holy Spirit gives them supernatural faith in this moment. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, it says, Paul and Silas, undaunted by all that was going on, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. What was the result of this? The prison doors fly open. The jailer comes and says, what's going on? They preach the message of the gospel to the jailer. Him and his whole household are saved and baptized. Again, the gifts of the Holy Spirit opening the doorway for the gospel message to be preached. They had supernatural faith in that moment when they could easily have given up. The working of miracles. Acts chapter 8 verses 6 to 7 speaks of Philip operating in this gift. It says the crowds listened intently as Philip uh, listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. Many evil spirits were cast out screaming as they left their victims and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. The gift of prophecy. Acts 21 verses 8 to 9 we read of Philip's daughter um, using the gift of prophecy, all four of them. It says, the next day we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. He had four unmarried daughters who all had the gift of prophecy. And finally, the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. Now, earlier, remember, we spoke about that moment in Acts chapter 10 when Peter's in Joppa and he has a word of knowledge, there's three men coming, he goes with them and he's preaching the gospel message to these Gentile families. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit manifests his presence in that room. Let's listen to what it says. Verse 44 of Acts chapter 10. It says, even as Peter was saying these things, preaching the gospel message, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising their God. So those are some of the examples of the gifts of the Holy Spirit being used in the early church and through the ministry of the Apostle Paul. As I said, we're going to look at each of those gifts in a lot more detail over the coming um, three weeks. But before we do, I want to deal tonight um, over this next section with a really uh, important question, the hot potato, if you like, when it comes to spiritual gifts. And that's this very simple question. Are the gifts of the Holy Spirit still available to us today? Now, it's important that we know the answer to this question, because if they're not, then this whole series is pretty pointless. Other than, a, a, you know, a look at church history in the book of Acts, you might as well um, be watching whatever else is on on a Sunday night. I don't know, Antiques Roadshow, if that's still on on a Sunday evening. Uh, don't switch over to that. Keep watching this. Um, but listen, if, if the gifts of the Spirit aren't in operation, what's the point of us even speaking about this? So let's deal with this question and the two answers that could come uh, from it. Now, you may have never heard of this stuff. Um, and if you haven't, then it's important that you know this. Or you may have heard this many times before and know exactly where you stand. But it's still important that we understand why we believe what we believe and also have a scriptural basis to back up what it is we say we believe. So the two main thoughts of this when it comes to are the gifts of the Holy Spirit still in operation today? There's one strand of thinking, which is cessationism. And there's another strand of thinking, 
which is continuationism. Now, long words which have a very simple meaning. Why they don't just make them shorter words, I don't know. Um, but these is what these words mean. Cessationism is the belief that the spiritual gifts as given by God, many of them have died out. So these people who believe this say that when the early apostles, the church leaders died, many of the gifts died with them because they were just sign gifts for the early church. Now, we don't believe that, and but these people believe that even though God can still do the supernatural, he doesn't choose to use people in that way. That's not what we believe at Family Church. What we believe at Family Church is continuationism, which is simply this belief that the spiritual gifts have continued and that every gift that was available to the early church is still available to us today in 2021. Now, there's many things that could be said on that. There's books that have been written on this whole subject. Um, so time doesn't allow us to dig down into this. But let me just give you very quickly four reasons, quick reasons, why we believe what we believe and four reasons for holding this view. OK, so the first one is this. If anyone was to say, why do you believe this? There's many reasons, but here's just four reasons. So the first one is this. In Acts chapter two, Peter is preaching in power on the day of Pentecost. Do you remember that moment? And and people's hearts are pierced and they say, what, what should we do in response to this? And this is what Peter says in Acts chapter two, verse 38 to 39. Peter replied, repent and return to God. Each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then you will you then you may take hold of a gift of the Holy Spirit. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So Peter's talking to these people and they say, What should we do? And he says, Here's what you need to do. You need to repent. You need to be baptized. And when and then you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive his gifts. And then Peter says, this is God's promise, which is available to you, those people in the crowd that day, to your children, future generations, to those who are far off, many translations say. And even though we didn't realize it at the time, that was, of course, also speaking about the Gentiles that were going to be included in the plan of God. And he says to everybody who God calls to himself, that's you and me. That as long as God is still saving people and still filling people with his spirit, why would he not also be giving them these gifts? The second point is this. And uh, one of the key scriptures that cessationists use in their beliefs is all bits around the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 8 to 10. I want to read this from the Amplified. It says, love never fails. It never fades nor ends. But as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for the gift of special knowledge, it will pass away. So it's saying these gifts are going to end someday. For we know in part and we prophesy in part for our knowledge is fragmentary and incomplete. Now listen to this. For when that which is perfect and complete comes, that which is incomplete and partial will pass away. Now what that verse is saying is this. That when the perfect comes, these gifts will end. And the debate is based around what the perfect actually is meaning. Some people, cessationists, believe that the perfect is talking about when the canon of scripture was going to be completed. 
So when we had the whole of the New Testament, then these gifts would end. People believe it was about the spiritual maturity of the church and that the church could now reach that spiritual maturity because they had the whole of scripture. God had spoken his final word in that sense of the recorded scriptures and so they had everything that they needed and so there was no longer any need for these gifts that are seen as imperfect. Now there's big problems with both of those reasonings but time doesn't allow us to dig into that. But let me just say this, that we actually believe that when it talks about the perfect comes, it's actually talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ, which of course hasn't yet happened, which again means these gifts of the Spirit are still in operation and still available for us to use today. The third point is this. There's no scripture that explicitly says that we should view spiritual gifts as anything different from all the other things that we know from scripture to be part of modern day church and still important today as shown in scripture. So for example, we still take communion. We still believe in baptism and the power of it. We still believe in church discipline and order. We still believe in the offices of a church, of, of deacons and elders and, and teachers, even though we may not term them those things anymore. We give them modern day labels, but it's still the same things. Why would it be any different with these spiritual gifts when the scripture doesn't give any explicit reasons why it would be any different? And the fourth reason is this, experience. What we've experience now you've always heard me say that experience outside of the word of god should not be believed you know we shouldn't live by experience we should live by truth and so when we have experience in isolation away from the word of god we can't really depend upon it but when our experience lines up with and agrees with and underlines what the word of god is saying i believe that is something that we should look at and take account of now, there are countless examples throughout the whole of church history of people operating in these gifts and seeing God, the Holy Spirit, work through them. There are many people who are watching this tonight and you've had experience, like I have, of the Holy Spirit operating through us through these gifts. And we can't deny what we've experienced when it lines up with the word of God. Now, there's a lot more that I could say on that. And you may think, oh, that, that was a bit heavy for a moment but it's important to know why we believe what we believe and to underline most importantly that yes the gifts of the holy spirit are still available for you today all that we're going to look at in this series is available for you today and we as a church believe in continuationism which simply means that they are available for us to use on a daily basis okay let's round off tonight by talking about how we receive these gifts these gifts that are given to us through God's grace, these gifts that are unearned and unmerited, a sign of God's favour upon us, these gifts that are given to edify the church and build up the church, these gifts that are given so that we can be used in God's service, these gifts that were in operation in the early church and the ministry of Paul, these gifts that we still believe are in operation today because the Holy Spirit hasn't changed the script. How do we receive these gifts? Now again, lots of it could be said on that, from the laying of, on the hands to uh, divine revelation, uh, to the importance of not being ignorant about these things. But the common thread for it all would be this, desire. We've got a desire and want these spiritual gifts. Not so that we have a Christian badge, not so that we feel, oh, aren't I great? Did you see how God used me? No, so that we can be used by the Holy Spirit, as Pastor Andy was speaking about this morning, for the benefit 
of others and for the edification and building up of the church. Now, there's numerous scriptures that we could look at that say the same thing, but we've got to desire these gifts. Listen, the Holy Spirit isn't going to um, just do something through you without your permission or without you knowing. Okay, It's not like the Holy Spirit suddenly takes control of your body and you're at the bus stop and you start prophesying over somebody. You're like, what's going on? I didn't even know this could happen. No, you have control over it. You know what's happening. God works through you and your personality and all of that kind of stuff. But we've got a desire these things. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 31, that we should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So these gifts that we're looking at, we've got to desire these gifts, not for our glory, but for having the privilege of God using us and, and flowing through us with these gifts. So here's how we're going to end tonight. Last week, it was all about thanking God for the opportunity that we even get to use these gifts. Today, I want to pray for anybody who's earnestly desiring these gifts. And I want to pray for you. Maybe you've never operated in a gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe um, you once used to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and you just haven't been recently for whatever reason. I'm going to pray for things to be stirred within you and for you to begin to operate once again in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you say, I do operate in these gifts, but I want to be used ever more by God on a daily basis and see him work through my life in power. So I'm going to pray for you. And again, your part in this is then to be available. As Pastor Andy said this morning, he's looking for not your ability, but your availability. And I'm believing that as we pray, God's going to position you in places this coming week. Listen, it doesn't matter that there's a lockdown. The Holy Spirit can use his gifts over the phone, over text, um, over the garden fence. However it may be, the Holy Spirit can work in and through your life. And as I said, he's not going to ask you to become weird. He's still going to work through your personality, your unique way that God has wired you. You don't have to suddenly change the way that you dress. You don't have to change how you look. You don't have to speak in a different way. Just be yourself, but allow the Holy Spirit to work through your life. So if that's you, if you're earnestly desiring these gifts, let me pray for you this evening or whenever you're listening to this, just take this moment. And let's believe together for God opportunities. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've given us your word so that we don't walk in ignorance concerning these things. Heavenly Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is still in operation today, that these gifts are still available to be used today. And so, Father, right now, I just pray for anybody listening to this tonight who's earnestly desiring these gifts, maybe people who've never operated in these gifts before, or maybe uh, people who once did, or maybe people who are, but they still want to see more of you in their lives. Holy Spirit, I thank you that this coming week, we're going to see just you working through our lives in miraculous ways, just with us just speaking out, with us having the bravery, Holy Spirit, for your strength to say what we believe you are asking us to say to individuals, to pray for people, to see things shift, to prophesy over people, not in a weird way that gets people running away from us, but in a way that sees people run towards you and your goodness. So Father God, I thank you that your Holy Spirit begins to work in people and through people over this coming week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, get ready for God 
to use you. As I said last week, this series is not about you getting more information. This is about us experiencing what God wants to do in us and for us. Have a great week. Position yourself. Get ready. Listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he's going to use you over the next seven days. And when he does, I want to hear from you. Let me know where God positions you and how he uses you in the coming seven days. Have a great week.